0: Welcome, everyone. We're about to begin. is Hashem, feedback and insight, share number 90. Today we're going to discuss what signs or aspects that are happening in the marriage that indicates that the couple requires some either, um, you know, real effort of self-work or possibly marriage therapy or individual therapy. Now, the idea of a couple going to couple's therapy is a good thing. It's a sign of courage. It's a sign of the opposite of failure. Now, people are afraid to go to therapy, Uh, even if nowadays the stigma is somewhat less. But nevertheless, in many of our cultures, looking for outside help, any outside help for that matter, is looked at as a weakness, looked at as a stigma, looked at as a negative thing. When in reality, if you have, for example, two couples with one Really, truly needs that help and just refuses to get it and just lets things sit as is. While the other couple acknowledges the issues they have and seeks the help, it is that second couple that's really doing the mature and healthy and right thing, even though it's sometimes hard. Now, there is bumps in the road when you're looking, a couple's looking for a therapist. There's quote unquote the stigma attached. Uh, there is the not being sure you're having the right person. And sometimes, you know, you have to sort of, there's trial and error sometimes till you finally get the right person. There is the idea of not being willing to trust, even though there's confidentiality rules, you're, you're nervous about trusting another person. And then there's the financial cost of it. Uh, uh, sometimes it's out of pocket, it's very costly. Insurance is somewhat limited. And there is, so there are challenges to it. But the bottom line is, is that it does help now here are a few signs that a couple needs to go to therapy um or that they really need to work seriously at the very least go to a mechanic, a mentor a coach to talk of over these things individually or with your husband and wife um to to when these things come up so one of the symptoms is is when you dread coming home when you have a difficulty that you have a sinking feeling in your stomach or in your heart when you want to go home. And I'm talking about even if you don't do anything wrong, you're not running to places where you shouldn't go, or you're not you know, going into bars and you're not doing anything crazy, but instead you're just staying at work longer and working longer hours as of an avoidance. And ironically, and I said this several times, and I know I get some sometimes criticism for saying this, but it is a reality. Even staying in the base medrash very, very late, and people look at it that he's a tremendous masmid and learning till 11 o'clock at night, 12 o'clock at night, and just blocking everything out and, and even finishing many masech, and a beautiful thing. Very often, if that's done with the full, healthy home marriage inside, that's a beautiful thing. But if it's being used as an escape of avoiding wanting to come home, dreading coming home, or the wife with her chesed projects, maybe. She runs to sheer from sheer to sheer to sheer from chesed to chesed to chesed, and uh, dreads coming home and avoids being home when their husband is home, or the husband avoid being home when the, when the wife is home. That is a sign that help is needed in the marriage, that they need to work through together, and if they can't do it alone, they need help, outside help. Another sign is, is when you have the same argument again and again and again, uh, and you both become angry and bitter, and nothing is resolved, with the same issue resurfacing its ugly head and it's not getting resolved, that's also a sign that there's something there where you need help to get past that particular obstacle of what you're disagreeing about. Sometimes also a sign is when you feel very disrespected or you feel ashamed or you feel ignored. Um, all, and all of this, by the way, is a sign of poor communication skills. And I want to tell you, basically, what is extremely important. This should be either part of L'muday Kaidish in yeshiva, or at least L'muday Khil in yeshivas, and especially in the teenage years, but even earlier on in elementary school, but certainly in the teenage years, in high school, in Masiftas, to learn what normal healthy communication skills are. If you don't trust psychologists from the secular field to tell you what they are, then you figure out through them with a Kitish, based healthy skills of communication that is healthy way, way before marriage. It would help an all Bainodam La Khaverai in yonim anyway of interpersonal relationships. But once you learn that it is a basis for marriage. So when this and this can be taught when, a pers- when, a, when the boys and girls are 13, 14, 15, 16, way before marriage age, they learn these normal, healthy ways of communicating, of responding, of listening, of empathy, consideration, which is very much ignored, very much not taught, and, and, and be- people barely have those skills, and, it, and, if, and, and that creates a tremendous amount of agmas nefesh later especially after they get married, when communication becomes a very important factor. And when that is missing, it's a terrible thing. So the key behind this is that communication healthy can save lives, and that's why it should be taught early on. But in a marriage, when it's very poor communication, that's a sign that you need help to get that communication going, to learn those skills together to make the marriage better. Uh, better. Another sign that a marriage needs help is when one parent is very involved in the children and investing in the children, and the other one feels incidental and isolated, like the third wheel, like Michutz like, LaMachana, like like the guy, guys who were kicked out of Sheva and that Amalek started up with. Now, I'm not talking about when one parent is on their own free choice, separating themselves from their spouse and their child. That's a separate issue which we're going to address at some point. But I'm talking now more that the, uh, the, the other one does love the children and want to interact and whatever it is. But one parent chooses, because of whether resentment to the spouse or whatever the reason is, involves themselves, invests completely into the children to the point where the other spouse, husband or wife, feels incidental, feels outside. And it's kind of like um, the kids and one parent, and isolating the second parent, isolating the spouse. And what people do is they fulfill their emotional fulfillment only on their children, and not on their husband or wife. And as beautiful as it sounds when you talk about chenech abonam and the mysterious nefesh of it, and giving over everything to your kids, when you have one parent putting their kaiches exclusively to their kids, and neglecting to pay any attention to the spouse, the husband or wife in isolating them from themselves and the kids, that is also a sign that a marriage needs a lot of help. Sometimes also another sign is is when there's apathy. Now many marriage therapists have said that they would rather see a couple when they come for help angry at each other, even burning angry at each other is a better, uh, uh, is, is a better situation than when they're apathetic to each other. I think it's brought down in Robiaka um biography, where he had different divorced couples coming to him, people who, meaning couples who came in that they had fights and they were asking him to, that, 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 that he sh- they should get divorced, and he gave different ages in different situations, but when he saw, the, so I, I, I don't remember the exact thing, you can look up in the biography, but one couple, they were fighting like cats and dogs and this and that, and. Um, He was trying to work out that they should stay married. Then you had another one where there was no fighting or anything, and he said, get divorced. And they asked him, like, what is is this? So he noticed, he says, this one, there was such a great degree of apathy that he felt that it was was just not, they were totally disconnected. Now, the truth is, there must have been an extreme case, because in most cases, even if they come apathetic, You could get around it, and sometimes you need therapy to work on that apathy to get to a point where you develop that interest to build a relationship again. But indifference is a very big issue, that if you have it, therapy is certainly required. And, of course, talking down to your spouse, criticizing them, putting them down, especially when you do this in front of others, especially when you do it in front of the children or somebody else. There's a great resentment buildup. And that creates a tremendous um, serious issue. And um, another point that would happen where you know you need help in the marriage is when you notice what will happen is is when one spouse constantly criticizes the other spouse, the one who is criticized will often withdraw from intimacy. They will will just simply be totally uninterested in the physical Uh, sexual intimacy because resentment kills the libido. You see we always think sometimes that it's a physical thing and if it's... it should be checked out physically like we said many times by doctors and specifically to those for that areas to see if there's hormonal deficiencies, vitamin deficiencies, anything else that may cause a physical problem sexually but very often it's resentment that kills that cheshek completely. Putting someone to shame all the time, making them feel smaller, making them feel, feel in, in, insignificant makes them shut down from intimate life. And that's also a sign that a couple needs help. Sometimes also what happens, unfortunately, is that one of the spouses puts into their mind this feeling that they are superior. That their partner, whether husband or wife, they're the weak link in this marriage. It's always his fault. It's always her fault. You're dumping on them. And you're creating in your mind a concept of your your wife's in front of you over there. And you're creating a concept in your mind of what your wife is, a vision of what your wife is, that's very different than that wife that's standing right in front of you. The wife in front of you has flaws like everyone has flaws. But the flaws that she has that's in your mind's eye of how you visualize your wife, that's a totally different person than the real person that's standing next to you. And it goes both ways with the wife looking at the husband. And he may have his flaws, but the what the, the things that are piled on because of one's own resentment and throw on negative attribute upon negative attribute upon negative attribute added to what's really there on your husband makes that your your mind's eye what your husband is is a totally different person than what your husband actually is in real life. This happens a lot when there's a feeling... Besides whatever anger of a certain superiority superiority I'm smarter than them they're stupid they're they're incompetent they're this they're that and that creates a tremendous uh, rift and to deal with these feelings also therapy is required now sometimes it's not a couple's therapy that's required but individual therapy for the person and not necessarily couple's therapy or couples therapy wouldn't even work so for example if Let's say one of them had a very low sex drive for a very long time. Um, the first step is not to go necessarily for couples therapy. The first step would be for individual therapy, or individual checking it out whether there is a physical or an emotional problem within yourself of why you have that very low libido or unable to, to you know, have issues with that by the men, it's the urologist. By the woman's the OBGYN generally, but whatever the case may be. So, there you don't go necessarily to a therapist, to a couple's therapy, before you find out that maybe the individual, whether the man or the woman, makes no difference husband or wife, has this low libido because of some physical factors or emotional factors that has nothing to do with the marriage per se. And if everything's fine and everything checks out that there's nothing wrong physically, there's nothing wrong really emotionally, and then, and there's still some issues on the, on that front of it, of the physical intimacy side, it's only then where um, couples therapy is there. Now, the idea that, that low sex drive could be a problem, it's not like we said. The, uh, marriage is not about sex. Intimacy is not sex. But it's still a catalyst. It may not be the key. But it's a catalyst that when that works, it sometimes sparks positive effects on many, many marriages. You had with many, many uh, situations, and marriage counselors have said this very often, that it's true that when a married, married couple comes to them and they have issues, the issues, it's not just about sexual issues, it's about all types of issues. But they do acknowledge that if they were separate from one another physically for a long time, whether it's a medical condition, whether it's out of choice, that separation and that physical lack of connection is a catalyst to create that the other areas of the marriage deteriorate more. While if there is that physical connection and they try to restore it, even if they may, may not be in the mood of it, even though they may feel, you know, sort of reluctant somewhat, you know, because because they realize maybe that's, you know, that's they feel that's not the main issue in the marriage. There's other things going on. But still, they always get to a point where you need to connect that way because sometimes it becomes a catalyst to help through to develop those healthy emotions that are needed and um but so again in those situations if first you have to go to individually to see if there's anything wrong and only later if you find there's nothing wrong then you go to the marriage counselor sometimes marriage Couple therapy will not work. If chalila chalila should not happen to anybody, if one of them is really an abuser, abuser means, I'm not talking about someone that sometimes falls into cast into anger. There are many, many people that have sometimes anger problems, they'll say something, they'll yell when they shouldn't have yelled or they got upset when they shouldn't have said, they have an anger issue. But not everyone that has an anger issue is an abuser. Abuser is much more serious where there is already a pattern of even an addictive type pattern of, of of a certain real negative behaviors that fall into the category of pretty much a mental illness. An abused victim going with an abuser to marriage therapy will not help because it, 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 an abuser needs men, needs either medical or psychological help themselves to deal with that abuse and to make them not abuse anymore. And so, so that won't help when you go to couples therapy. It's, if one of them is an extreme narcissist and, or, or, or manipulator or, or, or sociopath, uh, you know, and goes with their spouse to a therapist, marriage therapist, it's not going to help. In those extreme situations, you need to go first individually for individual therapy. The same applies with serious addictions. If one of the spouses has a serious active addiction... Whether it is alcohol or sex or drugs or gambling, whatever it may be, and it's active and it's ongoing without being treated, marriage counseling will not help um, because the wife cannot. The, if let's say the husband has these issues, the wife cannot cure cure that that the husband, and marriage therapy can't cure that husband. That husband needs specific separate program for their. Um, addiction, whatever that addiction may be, and the spouse of that addict needs their own private therapy in order to how to handle it right, to protect themselves if they're being abused and to have an escape plan if necessary or whatever the case may be. So they need individual therapy. They don't need couples therapy because couples therapy will not help and even be counterproductive if that person is an abuser. If you know, so that's really the case. So basically, to sum up this feedback, we mentioned in most of them issues that come up in a marriage. We and go back when you listen to the she'er to the, all the items mentioned here. That which means that at the very very least, you know, okay, if all any of these type of things that are happening, dreading going home, uh, one parent involved, over involved with the kids, uh, um, constant criticism, apathy. Um, 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 low libido indifference so on things like that um, again if it, once it was checked out that it's not a physical thing then you realize there's more going on here it's at the very least you start talking working with you, between yourselves to try to change this and make the marriage better and not be ashamed to together seek that outside help, that outside therapy, or that Hadracha, in order to get aligned, because that therapy does indeed help, it does indeed help. Now, again, you know, there are good policemen, bad policemen, good firemen, bad firemen. Uh, I venture to say in every profession uh, there is the good and the bad. Every profession and every position of every type. And that may include therapy also. There are therapists that are not particularly good. But that doesn't take away the fact that for the ones that are good and the methodologies that are used are extremely, extremely helpful. And we'll see possibly positive results in a very, very quick way. So the idea is to not worry about stigma, even though it's hard for many cultures and people and not worry about not finding the right person, you start calling for right research, confidentiality, figure it out, who is good, who is not, and to risk that trust level of conveying and confiding. And if one thing doesn't work, you try another one, you keep on trying as a couple committed together to make this work. Because once the right shidduch is found and the right connection is there, it could turn a marriage 180 degrees in the most beautiful way and a lot of these could be a- alleviated in a very, very short term. I'll be messiah here with one Nakuda that I mentioned in the middle, which is extremely important in our door. People don't realize how important healthy communication skills are that are at some lacking. And that has to be taught from elementary school on, and certainly most importantly in high school years, way before marriage way before marriage and then close to marriage specific communication skills when it comes to dealing with the opposite gender uh especially in married life this can save lives this can save marriages this is also an exercise in midas and if done the right way it could really transform marriages and lives from here on